welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. If you could open your Bibles with me to the book of Jeremiah, amazingly, the pastor was talking about Jeremiah all day, and this is the, the <laughs> Jeremiah was in my, in my mind for the whole month. So uh, we are going to read from Jeremiah chapter 18. I'll read a few scriptures. Uh, in the, from the New King James Version, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word came, sorry, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the porter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the porter's house, and behold, he wrote a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the porter. So he made it again into another vessel, as seemed good to the, port, to the porter to make it. Then the Lord's word said, came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this porter, says the Lord? Behold, as clay is in the hands porter, so are you in mine hand, O house of Israel." So is the clay in the hands of the porter. So are you in my hands, O house of Israel. Now this year, for most of you, you felt like you've been going around in circles. You felt like you've been spinning on a wheel. You felt like things were... It, it, it starts to look good and all of a sudden you're spinning again. You felt like a breakthrough was coming and all of a sudden you were spinning again and you spin again until you become dizzy and disoriented and you don't know whether you are coming or going. Uh, for, for, for many people, I'm sure if I ask you, you would say maybe most probably 2019 was one of the most difficult years. But let me tell you something. God is saying to Jeremiah, as, 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 a, as, a, as a porter sees fit, as a porter sees fit with the clay in his hands, he makes a vessel. The Bible says, and the vessel was marred in the hands of the porter. The, the vessel was damaged. The vessel was deformed, but it was in the hands of the porter. This is the most important part. The fact that although the vessel was damaged, although the vessel was mad, but it was in the hands of the porter. I don't care what the, the, the world has shoved at you. I don't care how mad you've become, but the, 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 the thing is you're in the hands of the porter. Now the porter could only work on, on wet clay, but today I want to declare to you that you have walked into the house of the master porter who can even fix the dry clay. It doesn't matter how life, how you have been baked in the oven of life and you have become so, so hard clay or you have become a vessel that most people think is beyond recognition, beyond repair, beyond dilapidated if you may. But you are in the hands of a master porter who can make anything even out of dry clay. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Even as we wind down this year, even as we come to the end of this year, with all the things we may tell, the stories of where we have been, the distractions and maybe the disenchantments that we have gone through, but we are in the hands of the porter. We are in the hands of God who can make anything out of us, who can make anything out of what people have rejected. The Bible says even the, the, the rejected stone has become the chief cornerstone. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? God is rotting a work on the wheel. God is working in your life on the wheel. Sometimes you feel discouraged. Sometimes you feel as if you are not going anywhere. But let me say to you that it is God who is spinning you on the wheel. It is God who is turning you on the wheel. It is God who has a plan for your life and he is at work with you. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? God is at work with you. God is, is, is tuning up the will. And the problem is sometimes it goes so fast. Sometimes it, go, it feels like you're being grinded. You're, you're, you're in this grinding and the making. But God is doing something. He's making a vessel that he desires. For the Bible says he makes a vessel that he desires, a vessel that he wants, a vessel that he wants to use, a vessel that is is beautiful for you, a masterpiece, if you may. This is what God is making. I'm not talking about the art that people make and where you go and stand and say, what was he thinking? What was he trying to? But when God makes something, we don't need any interpretation. When God makes a vessel, we can see exactly what God intended it for. Praise God. Now, if you, if you go back in the book of Genesis, when man fell, from, actually from the, when, when man was created, God says, let us make man in our own image. Now, the heart of a man is, is formed in the image of God. Your heart has got the shape of God. So many times we have tried many things to try and fill in a void, which only requires God. A big house is not going to cut it. A better job. You think if you get a better job, you'll be happier. You think if you, be, if you get married, you'll be happier. If you, think, you, you, you think if you do this, I'll be happier. But let me tell you, the shape of your heart is God. The shape of your heart is God. What you are yearning for? What you are yearning for is just, you, there is a reference on your life that says refer to the manufacturer. That is the reference that is on your life. Every time this coding, this error will come up. It will come up and say, refer to the manufacturer. But most of the times we don't realize we can't decode it. We think it needs something else. We think maybe if I go to Hawaii, I'll be better. Maybe if I go to Queensland, I'll be happier. Maybe if I buy a new dress, I'll be happier. Maybe if I change the shade of my makeup, I'll be happier. Maybe if I do this, I buy new shoes, I'll be happier. But what your your soul is yearning for, what your heart is yearning for, what your heart is seeking for is God himself. Oh, praise God. You know, when men fell, when Adam and Eve fell, 
We, we entered into what is called human depravity. And from that day onwards, your heart, the heart of a man, from the word, the, the day they are born, there is a void that is looking for something. There is a shape that is in your heart that is looking for something. But because we don't know, we will try this. We will try yoga. We will try new age communication. We try all these different things to try and fill that void. But this void is just calling for the manufacturer. You know, you may reset. You may press a reset button. You may restart the computer, but what comes, it, it keeps on coming with the same message. Refer to the manufacturer. It will keep on coming with the same coding. Refer to the manufacturer. Your marriage is not going to work out whatever. Or it is not going to make you any happier. You may become the president or the prime minister or the premier, but as long as that void is not filled, as long as that, 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 that clay has not gone on the wheel, as long as the Lord has not yet made the vessel that is looking for, you shall always be looking for something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even in this season of Christmas, we think maybe if I get the best gift, Maybe if I get if, if 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 I get a good car as a gift or whatever whatever you are thinking will make you happier. Let me be the bearer of the bad news. It's not going to make you any happy. If you don't have God in you, if you don't have Christ in you, if you don't have Jesus as a resident in your life, if you don't have God as a, as a master porter of your life, no matter what you get, it doesn't matter how many parties you go to. It doesn't matter how many parties you throw, thinking that a lot of people around you will make you happier. As long as you're not, the form is not filled by God. You may try to jam Buddha in it. You may try to jam Muhammad into that space. You may try to, to jam music or whatever, but it is not going to fit. I don't know whether you're hearing what I'm saying. Have you ever played those, those uh, puzzles? I'm not very good at them. Those puzzles with a million pieces. My wife is good at them. I'm not good at them. I'll try to jam it wherever it, I think it goes, but it doesn't work that way. You know, it, it has to be precise. It has to be the piece. I don't see it. You know, I look at the color. It's, it look, blue looks like blue. Maybe it's... And I try and jam it into that. Well, it doesn't work that way. This is what we try and do, you know, as people. We try and jam things into a void that is requiring God. I will say that again. We will try and jam things into a void that is yearning for God. That is yearning for the master porter. We try and do all sorts of things. We, we think if I travel the world, if I, if I go to, if I do a world trip, maybe I will be happier. You go and get a credit card and do that. When you come back, reality bites. They are trying to, they are set calling you. You have to pay up that credit card. And you know, the worst thing is you don't have anything to show for it. All about pictures. How many times can you look at a picture, honestly speaking? Maybe only once or twice. You know, you post it on social media and it doesn't even belong to you anymore. It now belongs to Facebook. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? You know, so you, you actually went and paid all this money to get a photo in Hawaii, a photo that is ultimately going to belong to Facebook because you've put it on Facebook. Do you, did, did you know that Facebook owns whatever you put on it? Or maybe you didn't, but they, 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 they do. They own those, those, those photos. 
Unfortunately, although you're the one, maybe you paid a lot of money to take it, but Facebook owns it. The moment you put it on their site, it is now their right, their, their legal right. They own the thing. They do whatever they want with it. But that's besides the point. What I'm trying to say to you tonight is, it doesn't matter how much you try to do these things to fill in that gap. I don't know how long you've been on this journey for. I don't know how many things you've tried to, 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 to make it work. People always say, try it or fake it until you make it. But let me tell you something. You really need the best yes to be. God has to take the form of your heart. And get, then once he takes the form of your heart, he's like a porter like Jeremiah is saying. He can make whatever vessel he desires. He can make whatever he desires. I don't know what has is, what is marred you in life. I don't know what disappointment has is, is caused you to become deformed. But let me tell you something. All you need is to surrender to the hands of the porter. All you need is to surrender and say, God, take over my life. Shape me into whatever you want me to be. Praise God. If you become what God has made you, do you know you don't have to struggle? You don't have to struggle for fame. What I know is once you make, once you make God famous, God will never hide you under the rugs. Once you make God popular, God will, God, God will share his glory with you. I've never seen a person who has, who has glorified God who wasn't glorified in the process. I've never seen anyone who has given themselves... David puts it beautiful. He says, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen a righteous man, his children beg for bread. A righteous man's children will never beg for bread because of what they have done for the Lord, because of the form they have taken, because of what they have become for the, for the, for the sake of the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? You need to take the form of what God is doing in your life. You need to know that I, the, the problem is we try to instruct God on what to do. We want to tell God, I don't want to be this. I want to be a prophet. I know a lot of us want to be, you know, if, if, if there's any gift that anyone, everyone wants is I want to be a prophet. I want to see things. I want to see what he has been, I want to know what he has been doing last night. You know, if it did, maybe you didn't think it that way, but I think this is the motivation that drives people to, to want to be prophet. I don't want to be, to be a prophet. In reality, in the Old Testament, prophets, it was a burden like what the pastor was saying. To be a prophet was a burden and they had to act out the word. Some of them had to walk for a month naked walking in the street. Honestly, if that's what you want, well, I will pray for you to be a prophet. And I'll pray that God will make you act out that prophecy so that the message will come through. Praise God. But let us take form of what God wants out of us. Oh, church, if I may ask you, as we, be, as we enter into this coming decade, as we enter into this coming year, let us surrender all our desires. Let us surrender all our needs and let us take the form of what God wants out of this church, of what God wants out of us in this, in this, in this city of Rockingham. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, the, 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 the best way to preach a message is to act it out. 
Let us act out what God wants out of us. Let us people, let people read, let people see, let people see God through the way we live, the way we talk to our children, the way we instruct our children. When you go to the shopping center, your children are preaching a message. When you go to the restaurant, your children are preaching a message. If you didn't know that, well, let me ring your bell. Your children are preaching, are preaching a message. In the school ground, your children are preaching a message. You know, I think one day we should have some of the people from the children's church to come and tell us, tell us about your children. <laughs> what are your children preaching? What are your children demonstrating? Because you are the instructor. You are the porter in your household. Let us turn the tables. You are the porter in your household. You are the one that is making that form. You are the one that is turning your child on the wheel to become that which you are making them. So if you don't do a good job, your children are going to preach a certain gospel to the people of who you are. And unfortunately, in that, they are going to preach the gospel about this church. They are going to preach a gospel about the God that we worship because of what we are doing and what we are not doing. I'm not a very famous preacher, actually, because I'll tell it as it is. Praise God. We, 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 we let our children go by with whatever they are doing. They, they get away with murder, especially mothers. You let your children get away with murder. Instead of raising your son, you are raising a little girl's nightmare. I've got daughters. I've got daughters. So be careful of what you are raising. Because if you don't raise them well, I've got guns. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so be careful of what you're raising or, or keep, keep them away from my house, if you may. Because I'll deal with them for you. <laughs> Only joking. But my point is, we are a work on God's will. We are a work on, in God's workshop. From the word, from the day you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Lord puts you on a will. And in most cases, the will turns in the direction, most probably the direction that's not comfortable for you. I want to prophesy to you tonight, God is going to take you in directions that are not comfortable for you. God is going to take you into places that are not comfortable for you in this coming year. God is going to expose you to things that are not comfortable for you. Things that you're not going to post on Facebook because it's a battle. This is why I said you need strategies because you are going to face battles that you need. You will need to go down on your knees maybe for the first time and pray and say, God, lead me. How am I going to solve this problem? You go and ask someone and they have no idea. You go to the pastor and there's no idea. All you need is to go to God and God will spin you on the wheel until he makes a vessel out of what he wants. God says, oh, house of Israel, can I not do the same with you as this potter does with the clay? Can God not do the same with C3 Rockingham as the potter does with the clay? Can God not do thus in this coming year? Can God not put us on the wheel in this coming year and form women? That are not just going to stand and wake up and gossip, but will go, will go and intercede. God will raise up men that are not just going to go and watch football instead of coming and being leaders here. You know, to lead their children, demonstrate to their children how important this is. 
The other day I told you the greatest, the greatest inheritance that a man can leave for his children's children. It is not money. It is not houses. It is nothing. It is good religion. That's what the Bible was talking about, that a good man, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. It is not money. It is not houses because these exchange hands. A house can today you may own the, people used to own Baldives, farms in Baldives. They, do they still it on, on it anymore? No, land and houses exchanges, but good religion, good religion, it doesn't matter where your children will end up in life. But good religion is an inheritance that you can leave your children's children. So stay on the wheel. Let God spin you. Let God make a vessel out of you so that your children will see whatever is important to the father becomes important for the children. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whatever is important to the father will definitely become important to the children. If food is important to the father, food will be important to the children. If God is important to the father, he is going to be important to the children. So make your priorities right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Make your priorities right. Remember what you are preaching in your household. We are all preachers. Although, and you know, you know, the most effective preaching is not with the microphone, it's what you do. Like I said before, how you live your life is how you preach. You preach to your neighbors silently. By the you, you know, silently, not silently, by the way you yell at your husband or yell at your children. You're actually preaching to the neighbor. And they think, you know, do I really if if this is how they behave, if because it, most of the times, if one tomato is rotten, what do we say? These tomatoes are rotten. Isn't that what we say? Whatever you are doing outside there, whatever you are doing at your workplace, you are labeling the church. Whatever you are doing, maybe this is why some of you are so smart, you hide that you're Christians. I think so. I think this is, this is the, I, I just got it right there. This is why you are so smart. You hide that you're Christians. You, you don't tell them. You know, you, when you go to the gym, it's all over Facebook. But when you come to church, it is silent. You don't say anything about, because people will start questioning you. People will ask, start asking. When you go to McDonald's for breakfast, it's all over Facebook. But when you come here, no, you, you go silent. You go dark because it's, <laughs> this is your secret place. But let me tell you something. Even if you try and hide it, have you ever, there's a Chinese saying that says, if you don't want anyone to know, don't do it. If you don't want anyone to know, don't do it. Because however you live, you think you are doing it in secret. But the truth is, people can actually see. Someone can actually see you and it is a message that you are preaching. What kind of a vessel are you? Let me put it this way. What kind of a vessel are you? What do people see when they see you? Do people see Christ? Do people see God when they see you or they see another thing? When you go to work, if you are the manager at work, what do people see? Do they see grace out of you? Or they see this mean person? You, you can, you know, the, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying go and be a sissy at work if you're a manager. You still have to be firm. But any truth without mercy is not good. Truth without mercy is, is not good at all. You need to show mercy. You need to show kindness in everything that you do. Show grace in what you do. 
In fact, the Bible says, your, your goodness causes me to repent. God's goodness causes people to repent. You know, the Bible says a, a, a soft answer it, it, it turns away wrath. A soft answer changes, it, changes, it, it calms the person down. Praise God. You are clay in the hands of the potter. God is at work with you. God is at work with your children. But he only gets to your children through you. God is at work with your husband, but he can only get to your husband through you. For people that, that, that for, for, for women that come here whose husbands do not come to church, you are the preacher in your house. You are the one who is preaching to him. Well, you, you, don't blame anyone if he doesn't come because you are preaching a different message the moment you get home. I've had a few people ask me to pray for their partners and their husbands to come to church. But most, most cases, I, 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 I hold myself and not really tell them the truth, saying, from now onwards, go and preach a different message from what you've been preaching all along. Because the message that you've been preaching all along is not going to make him come. The way you, 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 you hold yourself, the way you present yourself, is not going to make him come. But it's you, 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 you the way you, 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 you deal with it, the way you pray about it, the way you, you pray for it. I remember way back home, there, there was a man. This man was very aggressive. He used to come and pull his wife from the church, drag her out of the church, and people were afraid of him. But one day he came straight when the pastor was preaching and he walked to the altar. People thought he was going to hit the pastor. But what he did is he went and knelt down and repented in front of the whole church. He said, it's not anyone who preached to me, but I had my wife pray for me. When I was, when, when I, he said, my wife was in the bathroom. I, I had her praying for me, saying, I thank you, Lord, for my husband. And I asked myself, how could she thank God for a person like me? How could she thank God for a brute like me? How could she thank God for a mean person like me? See, the message that she was preaching was, although he's like this, but this is not what he is. This is what, what I'm looking for. God, when you put him on the wheel, he will become the kind of a man that I'm desiring. When you, good, when you put him on the wheel, God, when you put my children on the wheel, I know some of you have got children that are wayward at the moment, but instead of just mourning and whining about it, pray and say, God, put them on the wheel. Put me on the wheel that when they see me, when they see the example that I am preaching to them, they can come to Christ because the way, of the way that I'm living my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? It is what you do. It is what God is doing in you that causes all the difference. It is what God is, is doing with you on the wheel. But the, the problem is you become dizzy sometimes. When you attend on the wheel, you become dizzy. You become dizzy. You go round and round and round. Lord, I was here before. Lord, I was here yesterday. Yet, Lord, I was here last week. Lord, I was here the week before. Lord, I was in church last week. I was in church last month, but nothing has changed. The cancer in my body has not gone, but I was here. Last year, I was here. But God has you on the wheel. God knows what he's doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, let me, let me just get distracted for one, one, one second. There is something that I'm so much against. I believe if one has walked with God fervently, 
If one has walked with God faithfully, when they die, they should not suffer. They should not be deceased when they die. They should not have all these sicknesses and pain. My belief is God should take them in peace. God should take them in. The Bible says, and he laid down with his fathers in a good age. You know, Abraham, the Bible says, and he laid with his fathers in a good age. Uh, David was the same. People should not die in pain. I, I, I'm really against that. I pray that when, when God takes you, you shouldn't be in pain. When God takes me, I shouldn't be in pain. That's my desire. Praise God. But God hears us on the wheel. Turning. Turning. What vessel is God making out of you? Is God working on your mouth? It could be working on your mouth. You, are, you could be on the wheel for the whole year, and yet it was only your mouth that God was, was dealing with. The kind of stuff that you say. You could be on the wheel for years and God is only dealing with your mouth or your anger. Anger issues will speak, keep you on the wheel for years. There's a guy that I work with, I always tell him, do you know wherever you go, you attract these things because you are an angry person? The moment you deal with your anger, you will see that everyone else, that, even the very same people that used to piss you off, the very same people that used to piss you off, there will be different people because you have dealt with that problem. You didn't expect me to say that. Well, I didn't mean to say that. Yes, I did. I did mean to say that. <laughs> the very same people that, that, that tick you off. All right, let me see. That tick you off. The moment God has dealt, the moment God has dealt with that problem, it, if you have been on that wheel and realized that the reason why I'm on this wheel, it is because of my anger issues. Then you, one thing about God is he will never take you to the next level until you pass this level. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God's school is different from the schools that we send our children to, where they say, ah, they'll just go with the crowd. God will keep you on that wheel until he has resolved the problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If his food is your weakness, let me tell you something. The, all the gifts you are going to get this Christmas is just going to be food. Whatever your problem is, alcohol is your problem. All the things that are going to be presented before you are things to do with alcohol. So until you overcome it, until you overcome it, and the problem is even the devil knows, even the devil knows what you are dealing with. If you are not gay, the devil will not take you to a gay bar. If you are not a homosexual, God will not, the devil will not take you into this place. If you don't smoke, the devil is not going to offer you a joint. No, 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 no. He will tempt you with the things that you're struggling with. And he is working in coalition with God. Well, maybe you didn't know that the devil works in coalition with God. God uses the devil to put you on the wheel. To, 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 to solve these problems. On the wheel. For only one small thing. That you could just turn around by just admitting but you could be on the wheel for years and years. It could be just pride that God is keeping you on the wheel, on the loop. You can't get a breakthrough. You can't get a better job because you're so prideful. 
God knows that. The, can God trust you to give you a million dollars and you come back to church next Sunday? Or God has to keep you on the loop and only give you five dollars every week. Five dollars every week. Five dollars every week. God cannot trust you with a million dollars because next week you will be in Vegas. But God will keep you on the wheel with twenty dollars every week. 20, until you graduate on this level that you are in, God cannot take you to the next level. You are holding us back. <laughs> You are holding us. We should be millionaires. I should be a millionaire. But because I'm dealing... <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> well, we just have to make it fun, don't we? <laughs> Praise God. But the, the, the serious matter is God will keep you on that wheel until he makes the vessel that he desires. It cannot be a shortcut, unfortunately. God does not make shortcuts. He will keep you on there until you have graduated. For most of us, it's going to be unfortunate we will graduate to heaven before we graduate on the wheel. How unfortunate it is when God will open up your eyes and say, this is what you were supposed to be. I was making you for this great person. I was preparing you for this great ministry. I was preparing you for this, but you stayed on the wheel until you graduated here. You were supposed to graduate on the wheel and become the vessel that I desired of you. This is what God is doing. You do not want to, to, to graduate to heaven before you graduate on the wheel. Uh, this is a message for someone. This is a message for someone. Do not graduate to heaven before you graduate on the wheel. Praise God. How long? Whatever it takes. God will keep you on there. Whatever it takes. You may change your job and you say, this is, these people are, are, are really taking me off. But wherever you go, because you are not graduated on the wheel, someone will rise up. You may sell your house because you've got an, an annoying neighbor. But that, that neighbor, you can actually heal that neighbor. You can treat that neighbor by just graduating on the wheel. You can treat your husband by graduating on the wheel. You can treat your wife by graduating on the wheel because once, when, when you graduate on the wheel, everything else will change. This, you don't have to be on the wheel. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Am I talking to someone? Like I said before, even as I learned, when God created us, our hearts are formed with the shape of God. Our hearts are formed with the shape of God. This is what he desires of us. This is what we need to be like. This is why we are called Christians. We are Christ-like. When Christ was born, when Christ was born, he was born a perfect man to be an example Christ was not half man, half God. He was all the way God. He was all the way man to show us what it is like to be perfect, to live a perfect life, a life without sin, to take the form of Christ and live a life without sin. This is the example that he came here to demonstrate, to live and to walk and to be tempted. The Bible says, and Christ was taken into the, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted in all points so that he will, he will show us what it is. And if, if you look at it, it was only three things that he was tempted in. But it includes everything else. God deals with categories and we deal with details. God was demonstrating through Christ what a man should live like. What a person should live like. 
the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.